0: I'm Lindsay Curtis, and this is Her Return, a podcast devoted to women making the journey of returning home to their divinely human feminine essence. Each episode is an opening up of a real-life topic with experiential techniques and tools to support you on your journey home. I am so excited to share with you today, a conversation with Valerie Wiesner. Valerie is a midwife pioneer, passionate protector of women in the childbearing year and beyond. She herself is a postpartum survivor, 16 times, and Valerie has been called into the sacred window to support change in the current postpartum paradigm. Valerie currently serves and trains others locally and globally through online and live training and virtually for your personal postpartum journey. Enjoy this conversation. Alrighty, beautiful. And here we are, Valerie. Thank you so much for meeting with me today and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Great. so let's just go ahead and dive in. I love always setting the space with getting to know you. So what are kind of the foundational experiences that have led you in your life and on your path to now I know you you offer many different things for the beautiful women of this earth, but today we're really going to be focusing on the sacred postpartum. So absolutely tell us tell us a snapshot about your personal journey, please. So I was coming into
1: myself in the late 70s, um, I was a teenager 18 and, you know, just a rebel at heart. I did not like all the different laws and everything um, that was going on it was more of a protester. And when I got pregnant with our first baby, and I saw that the, uh, the um, birthing laws were illegal in Illinois we hitchhiked to the farm in Tennessee and had our baby. And so that experience really opened my eyes to something different because in my heart, I knew that the Western medical was not serving women. And it was a scary place to be hearing the previous stories of other women. I fled and uh, went to women who would serve me. I was surrounded by this beautiful group in this community. Our house had about 35 people in it. And the way was completely different. And the mothering was completely different. When you had a baby there, that baby could be passed around to a dozen different people. And it was not one person concentrated all the time, everything with that one baby. And so that community spirit really stuck with me uh, through all the different things that happened throughout my life um, as I continued on having babies and those experiences in home birth. And, um, you know, 16 times postpartum survivor I say that humorously uh, because seriously like that is a big thing you're postpartum forever even if you have one child Mm -hmm. Um, but those those were the beginning stirrings in my heart that I saw something better and what was really out there in the world and um, through the years I kept getting called to more and more women in their birth and postpartum period and time and time again I would be touched and somebody would say thank you so much for helping these women and it was like spoken into me again and again and again and again it was like really a a pretty profound you know dealing in my heart that just kept growing and growing. I became part of the sacred living movement um <clears throat> many years ago i've written sacred wise women for them but their experiences in pregnancy birth and postpartum and especially in postpartum are profound it's not just the healing of a mama it's a very sacred and spiritual experience for her and so at that moment everything came together so over the last 10 years bringing the beauty to women in Uh, in this time period of postpartum when it's completely neglected. And people could just see that the woman, when that baby is born, that that mama is that same newborn, tender, raw, open, vulnerable as the baby, but she's completely ignored and all the focus is on the baby. And the hormones and all the experiences she goes through over the first few weeks during that time period are so crucial. And so, being involved with the sacred living movement, instantly I knew from all the callings of my previous years that that was the thing that that women needed—not just the healing, not just all the the remedies or the you know the the linear physical things that you could do. It's so much deeper. It's a very spiritual calling. Um, and then experiencing that when I help women in either a very small way maybe it's only a belly binder only the steam or only some healing foods or scribing their story each
0: time
1: by the end the women have tears coming down their you know face they're touched so deeply by being seen space being held they're heard um, it just heals them. It heals something so deep within them. It's not just like a wound you could put a Band-Aid on. It's something that is changing women. And and as in birth, when that baby comes into life in such a beautiful way, when that mama can be healed in that time period, it's going to change our world. You know, we're going to have happy mamas. And really the countries that do take care of their mamas after birth for a few weeks um, those are the, the happiest countries. They have less crime, and, and things are just much better. Um, so I think that's a really huge thing in our Western world when you see what a mess it is. You know, and I hate to be negative about it, but you know, there's a lot of anger and um, you know, just discomfort in our world right now. And I think a lot of it started at birth and unhappy mamas, postpartum, um, just change things, you know, grouchy mamas that you know, maybe not be taking care of her baby as well. And not that, it, <clears throat> I don't mean to you know, say it in a negative way, but really through history, I'm talking about like, what is in our paradigm right now? Like, what is normal? What, uh, what we've grown up with? What is our norm from our experience, what our parents did when we were babies? So I think that does make an impact but i think one of the most profound healing experiences that was a game changer for me in the sacred living movement i'd gone up to um northern washington off-grid near canada and there was a postpartum woman and i was going to help her when she just had had her baby she was older you know in her mid-40s it was kind of a pretty epic thing anyway well it turned out that she had a stillborn baby And i had already made plans to go up there when everything was fine, but it was Mm -hmm. so much more profound that she had lost this baby in in a pretty intense way. She had a few of the community people come into her space and they were there for the entire weekend. So we set the circle from the beginning of the weekend and they all came into this beautiful space and it was life-changing for everyone in that room. Uh, I'm still in contact with many of the women It was a game changer. They said they'd never heard of such a thing. Seeing this woman as we went through all the experiences of what I train in, um, the belly binding and the heaty oil massage and scribing her story. And of course we made it extra beautiful. We had music and, and it was just, it was like, such a spiritual experience. It was incredible. And the women have come back to me. They've bought these themes. They are serving their community as elders in their communities. They have gone in and now they see the needs of these young mothers. So, um, kind of off the track, but that also is exciting to me because in our in each community, the wise women are disregarded like the postpartum women. I want to bring those women in to help our postpartum women and get some kind of a co op going where women can be taken care of in the postpartum time.
0: Mm. So that
1: was a really long blurb about how I got into this, but it's it's really big. You know, and um not only the experiences that I've had tons of training and tons of calling, calling into my life, um, but the people within my circle. We have elders in, um, in our family community in Thailand, elders in the family community in Guatemala. We have been in contact, been going to Mexico, uh, over the last 30 years, multiple times per year, we have a lot of deep friends down there and the things like the belly binding and the vaginal scheming and the care and the herbs and the, maybe the different herbs in that area, but it is the same in place after place after place. And to go into these remote areas, like on top of a volcano in the middle of Guatemala and, and talk to a man saying, yes, we have these practices. And we're having this huge conversation about the postpartum with this guy because his girlfriend is in the birth community there in you know, the remote areas of Guatemala. And it's just like, it, it's just the rhythm of my life. And yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful
0: so gorgeous i feel so much vibrance as you speak and and can just feel the the energy that you bring into your work and into all these beautiful lives and i wholeheartedly agree so much of what is going on in the world and isaiah has joined us for the recording so we're gonna hear some baby sounds Um, but so much of what's going on in the world, I feel it comes exactly back to birth and, and to how we're um, welcomed or not into this, into this reality and, and what happens just after and the availability of the mother and her partner uh, for that transition. And having just experienced a, a very beautiful, spacious and deeply nourishing postpartum myself I really was excited to open up this conversation with you. Someone with so much experience because it's just not that talked about. And of course I live, um, I'm American at the base, but I live in Belgium. Um, so in Europe and a lot of our listeners are, are European and, um, also around the world, but it's so interesting how cultural it is, even birth itself. One of the things that shocked me was how, um, in America, for example, if you're 41 weeks directly, you get your c sex and scheduled and nobody thinks anything different. In Belgium, for example, it's uh, 42 weeks. And then in the Netherlands, it's 43, 44 weeks. <laughs> and so it's just like, okay, already like the timestamp we put on when, when we need to force this baby out is cultural. But then of course, what happens post-birth and- um, yeah, for my beautiful sisters in America, I'm just astonished, you know, going back to work immediately. If you're lucky, six weeks after birth, I I, I barely went outside. <laughs> I mean, the first time I went outside was it was two weeks. I mean, it was two weeks old. And it was just like a short walk. So yeah, it's really incredible. huh?
1: I think you summed it up when you said time and space, like all the healing things. But number one, You have to create space and time for healing. And that's the biggest thing in the Western world. Like we're all about, you know, punctuality and getting back to it. And we've, we've got at our fingertips, you know, every kind of internet or anything else we would want. And and we don't take time to just be still and be quiet and, and be, and be with that baby and, and, and reflect on what has happened in the transition, you know, it's a huge transition in life, and we don't have very many of them. And I believe that uh, birth, childbirth, and the postpartum period is one of the most, is one of the most important ones. Um, of course, when a girl gets her cycle, menopause is also another one. But when you can take care of the mama in the postpartum period, she will be happy and healthy throughout her life, continued childbearing possibly, um, and then when she hits menopause, she's healthy and she's happy and she's vibrant and she's a wise woman instead of you know, one-third of the women are missing their uterus, their womb, and, you know, they, there's terrible trauma surrounding that, and and just, like, that's the vibration in our world, and, and there's so much fear around birth, and around menopause, and around all the womanly arts, you know, we are spiritual beings, we are divine creatrices, uh, but none of that is really um, coddled in our world, nobody really wants to feed that part of it, and and yeah, it's very sad, I love what you said you know Mm -hmm. interesting like you say sweden or some of the other places if you look at other cultures they take the woman away maybe for a month she's in a hotel she gets massages Um, they're feeding her really holistic food for her to heal her husband's there they're bonding they're creating their family they name the baby there's no phone calls there's nobody you know bothering them there's but you know she's healing there's people there supporting all of this and then Mm -hmm. in that time. Uh, maybe a month or six weeks later, 40 days later, she goes into her community like Lion King, here's my baby and the baby's passed around and of course healthier and it's got all the bacteria from the mama and they've all bonded and they can then celebrate everything and and the mama is more connected and grounded and can deal with people. You know, sometimes in our postpartum, everybody comes in and they're so excited to see the baby and the mom is the one up making the food and feeling like she has to entertain them and is nervous to breastfeed the baby in front of them. And they're all kicked back on vacation, seeing their new grandbaby. And the mom is suffering terribly and she may fall apart or may fall apart behind the curtains. And, you know, just it's, it's very hard time in the Western world, the way we view birth and the postpartum period.
0: Yeah. And I'm really touched the link that you've just created also about, um, the lack, the, the connection between this, the sacred period and it's honoring and therefore later in life, becoming a wise woman with it integrated, because it's something I I contemplate often about our lack of wise women and wise men in our communities actually. And, Um, And I, yes, I, it comes up to me often of like, why, what? And I, I never created that link, but of course, and um, yeah, my grandmother shocked me (laughs) not so long ago before I birthed, when I asked her like what her favorite part of um, being a mother was, (laughs) she told me, um, I birthed six children in nine years. I didn't really enjoy it. Like I wasn't really available. And I was just like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and then I really understand her and the whole culture of the family and everything so much more because I was just like, whoa, so much pressure. And if you don't have that support, however you could do, because you could do that in like, and thrive, you know, some women can do that and thrive a hundred percent. Like it's, it's not that it's not possible, but how do we create this supportive community for the woman and therefore for the family? Um, so yeah, going into that, like what I know, uh, I, let's see, where should we go? <laughs> yeah. Going into that, like, what do you see is the most important, uh, framework for a woman who is setting up her ideal postpartum?
1: Sure. Well, there's two, there's kind of two avenues to go down because there's a lot of women who can't afford to pay someone to come into their home. And so I have a lot of advice for them. That is helpful. Um, ultimately, there's a, a great amount of things that are healing and beautiful um, that could be a paid position. The other in between is what I'm working on <clears throat> is to get a postpartum co op in each community. So, to cover in between there, like to cover all of that. So, I'd say if you were a single mama and you want to bring these postpartum, some postpartum healing things in for you to protect your space and, and have the best possible experience without calling other people in maybe you're kind of isolated maybe you have a partner I work with a lot of women maybe don't even have a partner and they may have another child and they're alone Um, and and so sometimes they yeah so anyway there's ways to work that in but I'd say the number one thing is prepare when you're pregnant Um, like prepare some meals and have those ready in the freezer that could be taken out and maybe put in the slow cooker during the day so you don't have to think about preparing or anything like that Um, having that ahead of time. Um, And there's a lot of good meals out there that are super simple to prepare and just have a stockpile in your freezer. Um, And prepare your partner if you have one ahead of time, like this is a serious thing and I'm going to need help. I can't do this on my own. um, And here's ways that you that you can help me. Uh, and then make a plan ahead of time where maybe they could do night duty, or they could do the cooking, or they could come in and uh, give you an hour break. So you could go do a beef thing, which I can tell you about setting up if you're doing it completely on your own. Um,
0: yes. And uh, this is really, I just want to highlight this for everyone. Like Your partner is your partner and they want to be part of what's going on. And so it's so important to be able to have those conversations and really empower them as well with your vision and your desires, because it's such a vulnerable time. It's so, 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 so vulnerable
1: vulnerable for everyone because the partner, they're left like sitting on their hands, not what can I I do? Yeah. Feeling kind of excluded, like I used to have 100% of your attention, and now you're preoccupied. And what I'm, what am I supposed to do? And they need you. I'm, you know, I'm useless. Is a feeling that the partner can have. And so to include them in all the ways, and and relinquishing a little bit of the baby, you know, a little bit, so you can have some space, maybe to do that V steam or some practices that I'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah but gather your tribe if you have any sisters in the community and this is where the co-op can come into play um but you know just maybe arranging uh, there's always here in a- a- america meal train so on the meal train you can also say you know do a chore or something like that when people come to drop off food they can also do something to help you if you wanted to invite them in um, so there are ways that you can get support Um, within your community also, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think also when you're pregnant, starting a daily pregnancy practice where you're taking time every day you have your little corner, you have maybe your pregnant goddess or your breastfeeding goddesses there and some flowers and maybe some essential oils and a journal. Um, and you have your time. And, and during pregnancy, you've got your hands on your belly and you're thinking about your baby, but you're taking care of yourself. You're journaling what your journey is at that time. And so this has become a habit. It takes about 30 days to create a habit. And so you're in this habit of really nourishing yourself by taking that little bit of time before the little one comes along. Because once that baby comes, it can be 24-7. And uh, for, if you've never had a baby, that is like flipping on the light switch. It's, it can be very shocking. Because how do you even take a shower? You know, you can go from complete freedom to you don't have one minute. Um, and I remember those, those yeah. moments for sure. Um, but yeah, establishing that pregnancy practice early. So then in the postpartum period, You know how to nourish yourself. You've already got that journal. You're already in the habit of doing some of these self-care practices. And that can go a long way in making you feel like, okay, I have a little bit of me. Not only am I taking care of them, because I'm recreating myself. This is who I was before as a maiden. Even if you have other babies, each baby, you're broken wide open. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But to be able to recreate yourself and to be on that journey and have that grounding like, okay, I know some things are really out of whack but here's what I do know. And that can help bring you forward down the road as you're healing. Mm. Um, And just keeping the beautiful stuff around you. Uh, Also on your bed. Like, so the first three weeks in our busy culture, like ultimately six weeks, 40 days, a month, those are ultimate. But even if you're thinking in our super crazy Western culture, three weeks is a lot for some people. And if you think of three weeks, the first week on the bed, or in the bed, second week on the bed, third week around the bed and keeping a basket of things on your bed. So you don't have to get up and get yourself water. You don't have to go get a diaper. You don't have to have all the things that you need. You can have everything kind of that you need for the day right there next to you. Mm -hmm. If there's nobody there, your husband or your partner, whoever, or maybe nobody is there to help you. Like you can start out the day, get everything set up. So you're not constantly getting up and you have more time to rest and be silent and heal. Um, Mm -hmm. so those are just some simple ways that you can do um let's see if there's anything else here yeah um keeping some warming herbs some warming teas maybe a hot water bottle or uh, you know something to keep you warm wearing socks wearing a hat like really keeping yourself warm in the first days and weeks following birth versus opening you know you're you're open then and so you want to close and you want to warm everything back up for healing yeah go ahead I didn't mean to
0: no asked. no I was just going to confirm yes like really stay warm
1: <laughs> yes yeah totally and that used to be a huge thing in a lot of third world countries like that was a very big thing they don't wash the hair because it stays damp maybe it's moisture there the woman is more likely to get sick so um you know a lot of the practices that we do like uh, bathing ritual are because they're coming out of this healing period at the other end, and now it's safe for them to take that bath and to wash their hair and, and to rinse off uh, in a spiritual way, also rinse off all of the birth things and, and inviting in something new. So those are just some practices we we'll can talk about later. Um, yeah, but the socks, like all those warming things, the warming foods, the simple things that you can do that don't cost anything to have someone come in and help you, um, and then ultimately, like what's really helpful vaginal steaming vaginal steaming cleans out all the lochia heals everything up if you think of a steam cleaning or you know something boiling like it's going up and up and up so the women that do these these after birth i go visit them in their postpartum um uh, that i have and like one week two weeks six weeks and their face is radiant their hair is luxurious they, and people are complimenting them they look so healthy and radiant Um, So it does it just like those all through all of your pores, heals, you know, previous things, issues that you had also um, super helpful in the postpartum period. And there's certain herbs. So a woman like me who's had a lot of babies, maybe the womb is weak, you could put blood stoppers in there to help her retain her blood, heal her womb, you know, in a more profound way. Um, Or, you know, just maybe a woman was dealing with urinary tract infections during her pregnancy. Well, there's certain herbs that can help clean all of that out and heal her. So in this time, like that is just a really uh, strong way. Also for trauma, previous traumas before birth, traumas, you know, within the birth itself can release all of that. So it's a super healing thing to do. Mm -hmm. Something that you could have, you can buy a V-steam box and get the herbs and do it that way. Or, you know, if you really were on your own, you could shut the water off in your toilet, flush the toilet, shut the water off so it doesn't refill. Get yourself a glass or stainless steel bowl, put your boiling water and herbs in there put your toilet lid down, wait a few minutes, and you have a V-Steam. So it can be
0: done in the most simple way. Oh, um, I love know. that. I've yeah. never heard of that. And, yeah. and we also talk about V-Steams um, in episode number seven of the podcast and also in episode number 16. Uh, with Alila. And, and it's such a wonderful practice for a woman, wherever she is in her journey for sure. Absolutely. But incorporating it in postpartum is, is really special. I didn't personally uh, feel called to do it actually postpartum, but what I was doing is taking uh, herbal baths. And so I made like oh, a really yeah. concentrated. Um, uh-huh. I left my herbs like in in liter containers for like Mm -hmm. a day sometimes two days and then i take a a bath because also not so hot didn't feel so good for me on my actual yoni or anything so it was kind of like um almost a room temperature bath but with all those herbs and i felt it so helpful really really totally
1: totally yeah, the vaginal area is the most porous area of your body. So mm-hmm. any way that you're bringing in that warmth and the herbs is super healing. That's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, and you may not feel called to it. And especially if you're in a hotter climate or something, it's definitely gonna feel different in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, no, and that's something that's um, just helpful. Like you say, all through the life I've helped to women that have you know, been bleeding for maybe six months at, when they're going through um, menopause and has helped them clean all that out. So I agree, it's for a lifelong from menarche through the rest of a woman's life. And it's been used in the postpartum period from the beginning of time in every continent across the world. So it's very important in the postpartum period.
0: Oh, incredible! Mop, I had no idea. Mm.
1: Yeah. Mock Sebastian is another very simple thing to use. Um, your, something your partner can do, but all in your womb area. So we train in that in our um, sacred postpartum, uh, just a beautiful warming. So you're getting warmth all in the womb from the front and then we do the back. And so it's just penetrated in just so deeply uh, bringing the warmth in and the, the herbs themselves are also super healing. And then we'll do like the belly bind. We'll talk more about that. Um, do a belly bind around that. So that's retaining all of that heat, and then all the benefits of that. So I think that's super helpful. I think uh, the placenta is super potent medicine for healing for women in the postpartum period, which can be used in many different ways. Um, And if you don't use even as the medicine, it's healing in a spiritual way, um, and has been revered, you know, again, across the globe from the beginning of time in all different ways. So it's, you know, we can make prints out of it. We can do things to really memorialize it and just bring a lot of honor to it, even if we're not consuming it. Um, Yeah, and then there's just a lot of ceremonial closing of the bones and blessings that we can do for a mama, Um, sealing stories, scribing her story. You know, there's all kinds of stories. Every birth story is profound and it's really a way to heal and feel that. So sometimes we'll come in and maybe we've made a journal and and scribe that for the mama or the partner could scribe that for the mama. Um, I think that's super helpful also. And and one one more beautiful thing, um, and it's kind of a postpartum thing, but it's also kind of a closing with the baby is um, cord burning. So Mm -hmm. as we're talking about healing the mamas at postpartum, for their journey for the rest of their life, the cord burning actually sends, sends the stem cells to the baby and to the placenta, and so they're getting stem cells that I think we're not seeing in our current culture with all of the uh, cancers and people dying at such a young age and crazy things that are coming up that never used to be. Um, like they haven't been getting their stem cells since you know they start cutting the cords at half a second or you know before the baby's even out. So. Mm-hmm. I think that has, you know, the, the cord burning is a beautiful ritual. You've been pregnant 10 lunar months and, and it takes a few minutes. And so it's something like a really conscious spiritual time, you know, the baby's there nursing and it's just beautiful to see. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous. Super gorgeous. Um, mm. All right. I would love to go in a little bit more. You mentioned it a few times now about belly binding And also um, what I found super interesting was how natural the diastasis recti, so the separation of the central abdominal muscles, it's really such a natural part of pregnancy. But I think in the the culture and the framework and the ideas that I've always heard about it, it was like something was wrong. And, um, like it's, it's not natural or you've done something wrong or it needs to be corrected, but actually, (laughs) um, it's, yeah, some, you, you can tell us about that. So please do.
1: Right. Well, 100% of the mothers all have diastasis recti by the time they birth their babies. And it is natural. And, and so many things are, um, are, you know, you think of the pelvic floor, all these things we are looked at as something is wrong, something is broken, we you know, we need fixed in some way. But all of these simple, natural healing remedies that I've been talking about will take care of all of those things. And it is a normal part of a woman's life. We are created to birth babies, this is going to happen. Um, and yes, this is something that's been used forever. Um, so let's see, yeah, it, especially at the beginning, of a, when the woman has just had the baby, it's important at that time. So she has collected um, extra water and fat and air and all the things that cushion the baby during pregnancy. And so those need release. And so the steam is helpful and also the belly bind is very helpful. So you're binding that woman. uh, when I've gone in and and, um, helped women, like at first they're sitting there kind of frumpy and maybe not feeling that good. And after we talk and then I do the binding and they're like, wow, I feel so much better. I feel completely different. So um, after you have a baby, like you, your hormones are so loose to make all of your joints and ligaments and everything loose to be able to open to have the baby. Well, they're still loose after birth, and that and it takes a while before they all get more firm and short back up. So the belly bind really does help to support the abdomen and uh, the lower back. All it stabilizes all the loose ligaments, um, torso support for breastfeeding because all of that looseness and achiness you're nursing in your back is just like uh, killing you. So it just, it helps to support all of that, helps to release all of the extra fluids and things that you have, 360 degree support. Um, I know that there's some kind of like um, girdle type that people use with Velcro, uh, but the thing is that's like one size fits all with a belly bind every single day, when you're binding that woman, your body's changing every day. It's not the same at, at birth as it is six weeks later. No. So it just with your body. So each time you bind it's exactly as your body needs it. Mm. Um, so I think that's super helpful also. So your gravity shifts, you've been pregnant, you know, of course we've gotten out of balance, things like that. Um, it speeds up healing, supports everything, supports the pelvic floor, helps the diastasis recti to um, repair in a more speedy way so it's beautiful it does it does so much mothers love it they say um we 12 to 24 hours a day so often a woman will maybe her partner will all come in and show the partner how to bind and then from then on they'll bind in the morning and she'll take it off at, at you know before bed maybe so mm. that's pretty typical
0: yeah gorgeous 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 yeah yeah uh. super
1: fun practice
0: Yes, and so much I, I feel it's so much to do with um again, feeling our container. mostly mm-hmm. in and going through all the body changes that pregnancy is and our container is shifting to hold baby, but then the binding, whether it's done every day or a few times or even mm-hmm. once, like to feel again closed and oh, this is is my body again I had this experience of really coming home to oh yes this is my body I can feel my body again because birth is such we we literally are the embodiment of portal we are a portal we know this we are a portal but birth is the demonstration of
1: of this coming down
0: through us so I found the bind really um incredible to again come home to okay yes this is my body this is this is me again
1: (laughs) it's closing you it's bringing those threads back in because we are broken wide open at birth like we reach out touch the creator like we're out there yeah. and so all of the practices the binding closes you grounds you you know so many things and like you say one time the other thing is like it's great right after birth but there's a lot of women that have had experience so doing it after the stitches come out it's completely effective and also women like 10 or 20 years later that have never maybe gone through any of this healing stuff they love it and it still feels good, like maybe they still have prolapse uh, uterus or some of these things like it's still effective. Women love it all, you know, at any stage, but especially healing after birth.
0: And this is the truth about healing, right? <laughs> we, we need it at some point. <laughs> and right. so it, it can still we be just it with as, us. yes, as yes. potent and effective to close that chapter, regardless of where we are in life.
1: absolutely right Mm -hmm. it's wonderful in the six weeks postpartum but if you haven't had it and you've had trauma and you're carrying that trauma with you a lot of the practices that we do are very very emotionally healing and I think that's why it was so profound up there off grid when these women came in I think it was healing for them I mean it was the tears Mm -hmm. they were just like in sync with everything and I think for everybody in the room it was completely healing it was beautiful yep at any stage it's needed for
0: Mm -hmm. sure Awesome. Uh, so I would love to hear a bit more about, um, because you train women uh, to be the carriers, the guardians of um, postpartum yeah. magic, <laughs> healing, uh, care, love, all the words, right? Um, so tell us a little bit about your your program and what this sacred duty is for, for women.
1: Yeah, that's the most beautiful thing about um, this sacred postpartum is a lot of, you know, you can find different things out there. You could probably look online and find something about vaginal seams or belly binding, or, you know, you hear, here's what I need to do, or here's some herbs, or here's some food. Yeah, you can do all of that. But the, the difference in our program is the beauty way. We bring the beauty, the heartfelt sacredness, the spiritual aspect to these women, because that's a huge part. Like I said, healing is not linear. It's not just a band-aid. It's not just some things that you can give somebody or a script that they follow and they're okay. They need space held. They need recognized, um, you know, we honor them deeply. Um, You know, it's a delicate and vulnerable place when we're wide open and to invite anyone into that space It's a very tender thing. And so we, at the beginning of our program, the first thing we make a vow to ourselves and to the women in our community that we will serve. And so it's a very deep heart connection when we go in. Um, And we know that it's a privilege. It's not just a job. We're not just doulas. Uh, And our training has nothing to do with like, you don't need to be a doula. You don't have to have doula training. This is specifically Coming into the women in the postpartum period, or any time after that, but but we take a pledge of reverence for these women. Um, you know, we get to witness her in the most vulnerable time and, and we look at it and we bring all the arts to it, I would say. And I, maybe that's what really appeals to me. Um, Everything about the sacred living movement is bringing beauty to a woman's life. And especially at this point when it's been completely neglected, not only is she being healed, she's being recognized and honored and, and people see her and they know it's special and they hold that space. And they listen intently, and they bring such beauty and honor to her that it's just, it's healing and it helps her to feel like, okay. That really was a big deal. And they they know that, you know, and not everybody does in the community. Like maybe your partner has no clue and is expecting you to get out there and make dinner. Like there's all different kinds of situations out there. Um, but we come in, we, we honor her with ceremony, with herbs, with recognition and love and warmth. You know, all the things that we bring to her, we, we do it in a beautiful way. You know, there's always flowers. There's always beauty, um, flower crowns. the bath that we gave this woman up there and this is the program but specifically she had a daughter um, that was part of all of this so we had all the ages from you know 70s down to this young girl that was maybe seven and she's there massaging her mama and she's in that beautiful bath with her mama that was filled with essential oils and flowers and candles, and and she got to reflect on her birth during that time. It was a bath, but it was also a cleansing, and it was also, you know, a time to integrate all the things that happened, Um, and so each of these things that we do may sound simple, but when you go in with such depth of honor and know that it's such a sacred space, and you're carefully, like, listening intently, like you've never heard a birth story before, that, you know, you're just both into it, and and then that scribed and handed back to her this beautiful you know, book for her that she can continue to write her journey. like, she feels so honored and it really helps, like you say, bring the threads in and to, to honor that time, helps her to move forward in confidence and love. Yes,
0: yeah, so true. Oh, and this such deep held witnessing um, is so necessary for us to integrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to really- no, and
1: that's something we don't see in our, in our world, really. There's not mm-hmm. that honor, but you know, other cultures know it and, and mm-hmm. we're just kind of sterile. Mm. In some ways.
0: And we're transforming that.
1: <laughs> right. We are changing. Right. And so the thing is like the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Yeah. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And that's the truth. I mean, there's times that I've been upset and I know it just upsets the whole household. And if you're not being taken care of, you're not going to be that happy. But when you are happy, your baby's happy, your partner's happy, the world's happy, your community's happy, it's going to change the world.
0: For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Um, hmm, we've covered so much goodness and just feeling into it I feel like it it can be a lot for the woman that's never thought about postpartum or the woman that wasn't able to really receive that care postpartum Um, do you want to say a couple of words to her
1: yeah absolutely so We hold it in our hearts. And the thing is, like, we can feel like we're missing something. So journaling, I think would be something that would be super helpful, like find some ways that you can bring ceremony to your own healing, Mm. or if you have somebody that you could share that with. Mm-hmm. And and to be able to talk about your birth and to do some special things that we've talked about, like make yourself a special cup of tea and invite your special friend and say, hey, can we just have a time this morning that we talk about our birth stories and, and really listen to each other and recognize what we've been through together and, and bring a blessing in that way. Or maybe it's your partner that you're talking to, but to not be afraid to really voice the things that are in your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, you know I find that in pregnancy birth and postpartum and all of a woman's life from the beginning of time like we've been silenced you know we have to be polite we can't (laughs) say these things we don't want to disrupt anybody raise our hand is it okay no like get your partner and say I'm having a hard time like I really need to talk about this and and let's do something maybe some things that we could change or um, you know just some special things that you can do to honor yourself like and bring someone in to help you
0: with that yeah love it love it so yes if you're listening and you feel any part of you that is called to take an action on something that we've been talking about do it with your intention of giving it to your postpartum self because it's never too late to receive
1: <laughs> yeah and it, and it doesn't have to be like a victim mode like I didn't get that and I need that it could be okay, how can I change this? Because I didn't get it. How can I turn around and help somebody else? I'm going to find somebody else and I'm going to help her with these things. And maybe I'll start one of these co-ops in my community um, to be able to help other women. And through that, I will get healing because you know we don't have to just, sit there and do nothing. I think the best way is to take it out there and say, okay, let's, let's change this because it is a void. It is something. Isolation is one of the biggest things in our Western world. We're all on our own tiny little island watching everybody else looking like they're doing good. And it's a lot of it's false. You know, I've, I've gone in as a midwife to, um, later to see a, a woman, she had a one year old baby and she'd been posting all these beautiful things. And it was incredible. I said, man, you're doing really good. She said, no, I'm doing terrible. I took those up to make everybody think I'm doing good.
0: Like mm-hmm. you're
1: falling apart. And she couldn't tell anybody, she could tell me, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's the way it is. Sometimes we're isolated when mm-hmm. we see that. And, and so then we hunger for something more. And so I think we have to create that in our communities. And so it can heal ourselves and heal others as well. You know, I don't think others understand the depth of healing that a woman needs, but other women do. And so I think bringing us together and and recognizing that and and maybe having a monthly meetup or having, if it's a Facebook group because you're isolated and there aren't people in your community. You know, there's ways, as I've met people around the world, like we stay fast friends. We email each other, maybe message each other. And that's really encouraging. There's ways to, to really have community if you don't have somebody, you know, nearby also, I think um yeah so you know you're just the emotions are so raw it can be so hard after birth um just find ways like talking to your partner and and working through that as they come up and not silencing them or suffering on your
0: own super helpful definitely Mm -hmm. express 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 yeah um Beautiful. So tell us, I would love to just connect into your work for a moment. Tell us about what upcoming creations you have out. Um, tell us maybe a snapshot about your training or what offering you would like to, to share.
1: Sure. Yeah. So super exciting. Um, so I run sacred postpartum online, that's online training. You can join at any time. It's, um, it's all online. Everything's already there. There's videos. We have a live and active Facebook group, so you can post the things as you go along for support and encouragement and things like that. So the online group is really fun. Even though we're all over the world, we're all connected through this community, and that's super fun. And mm-hmm. as women graduate, we put them on our national website, and I get inquiries all the time. Is there anybody in Belgium, maybe, or in the Netherlands, or you know, in Germany, or wherever? Uh, New York colorado everywhere so everyone's listed and they can find workers in their community which is helpful mm-hmm. four times a year we have on the um, equinoxes and this is i'll have a, a cohort of women so if anybody wants to join with other women and kind of go through it that way um, mm-hmm. so there are four times but you can join in at any time we also have live trainings which are super fun because it's just all the talk and all the community that you have with the women and it goes on from morning to night we have things around the fire and um you know we burn our fears and we make it's always around a full moon so we just have a lot of really fun it's a retreat but we it's all hands-on learning we have all the supplies we cook together we mix herbs together we do these things together we just we have a lot of fun Um, and so we have several coming up there's one in um South Central Pennsylvania at the end of May, the full moon there. Uh, That season we have one in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, Another one coming up in October in Russia. And I'm putting one together in Sedona in November, Um, Sedona, Arizona. So if you're in any vicinity or would like to check out those areas, it'd be super fun to see you there. Um, And the live trainings are spectacular for sure. And then I am starting up a new podcast that should be out in the next month or two called Sacred Postpartum Traditions, um, and everything about the sacred postpartum, why it's important, and what you can do to bring healing to yourself um, and to the women in your community. And one thing I'm super excited about, and I have some other ladies that are helping me um, on board about this, just brainstorming everything, um, is getting a blueprint for sacred postpartum co-ops in every community across the Western world. So you can have care. Um, And one way that might look is during pregnancy, you go put some hours in helping other women. And then when your time comes, um, you've accumulated a certain amount of hours that people can come in and help heal you through these other practices that that we've been talking about. Um, So I'm very excited about that. Also maybe a sliding scale fee, you know, how to find a 501 c 3 in your community to maybe get uh, financial support that way. Uh, because I want to see this in every community in our, you know, in the United States and across the world. This is not the only place suffering in, in um, postpartum care. Like there's a lot of places that really don't put any emphasis, maybe, you know, other, maybe Germany or Russia or other places where it's just very void of any emotional or, um, bonding type sacredness is just very mechanical and methodical and um, you know male oriented where there's not really any recognition to the woman so it's needed everywhere everybody needs this in their life and in their community
0: yes and i love how accessible uh you're also making it and being able to use this technology in a sacred and supportive way where we can all tune in together as well and create it in the 3d because we really need that as well. We need to touch bodies. We need to share breath yes. and and feel the the warmth as well. So yep.
1: recognize the spiritual and sacred moment of this. It's important.
0: Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. Um, just feeling it. Good. Um hmm. is there anything that you would like to any wisdom you would like to impart us with before we wrap up our talk today
1: i would say honor the mamas oh, honor, <laughs> honor the mama every mama you see encourage her everything that yes. you can do all of the mamas mm. um you know and for the mama yourself give yourself grace and compassion mm. and mm. love and time mm. and space and know that All the mamas that walk before you and all the mamas that are walking after you are walking the same journey and you're not alone. Even if it feels feels very isolated. And start gathering your village. You know, find the women in your community, seek them out, uh, call them in, call them in and they'll start coming. And, you know, you could have a once a month meet up at the park. Hey, mamas, let's get together and, and let's learn some postpartum things. Let's experiment on each other and let's acknowledge each other and let's do some cool stuff for each other um you know it's it's these mamas are like a tender plant and we just want to really nurture them and nourish them while they're tender and they can grow some deep roots so they have you know strength as they go through the rest of their life I think it'll you know bring strength and vitality to our communities and to our world if we can take care of them
0: Yes, honor the mamas. Thank you so much. And thank you, mama. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, mama. Congratulations on that beautiful baby. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, he's a dream. Oh, I love it. I love awesome. It. Well, so lovely, so lovely. And thank you so much for everything you've shared today. I'll be including all the links to your website and um and and looking forward to your podcast. It's so exciting. Yes
1: yes I'm very excited about it
0: good good good
1: well thank you so much for having me Lindsay oh what a gorgeous babe you made what a chunk
0: (laughs) oh wonderful all right thank you
1: all right bless you
0: we'll be talking soon I'm Lindsay Curtis and thank you for listening to her return the podcast If you've enjoyed today's exploration into postpartum medicine, subscribe and review this podcast wherever you are listening. And if you know someone who recently birthed or is currently on a pregnancy journey, do share this episode for their inspiration. Until next time, may you return home to yourself today.